All right, my friend. How you doing? What are we talking about today? Oh, I'm doing you, great. You you role reversed me right there. Yes, yes. I've been waiting for that. I've been waiting for that. It was uh, like it's my it's my chance right now. All right. So so. I mean, now you're now you're <laughs> lost. As you I, don't, know what to say. <laughs> I, I don't know where to go from here. <laughs> All right, so Obed, we've we've talked at length on this podcast about creating memorable experiences in like top of funnel marketing activities, yeah, uh, and and how people can go about doing that. But I think one of the problems that a lot of companies see, and I've heard you talk about this in the past, is you know we we move people down in the funnel with with all these marketing activities. And then yeah. once you get to the sales process, that experience completely changes. Mm-hmm. So I, I've heard about you talk. I've heard you talk about this in the past. For anybody who is is kind of like bought in on this notion that we talk about with like creative concepts, creating memorable experiences. How do you take that from the the marketing side of the house and bring yeah. it over to the sales side of the house to continue that experience through the entire buying process. Yeah, I love that. It's a good premise and you're totally right. Like we're deep in 2022 and we're running demand gen plays and you know, we're we're all about dark social and now we're even talking about creative concepts and substance and delivery and creating memorable experiences and all that. So it's like when that marketing works, when all of those efforts work and then someone's interested and they're they're requesting a demo or they're wanting to talk to sales or something, it's like we're running like a 1970s, 1980s sales, sales engine to power or to back up like a 2022 marketing engine, right? And it's like, I don't know, putting like wagon wheels on a Bugatti right? Like it's a, it's a great engine, but it's not really going to get you anywhere. And then the other thing is I'm a big believer in like, you shouldn't mess up the immersion of, of anyone, right? Whether it's someone consuming your content or now in this sense, whether it's someone interested in buying, you shouldn't ruin that immersion. And one of the best ways to do that, to ruin immersion is when the little, the tiny little odd things that stick out when they add up right? Like a movie or a TV show or a video game, one plot hole or one flaw isn't going to ruin the entire experience for you. But it's when you're watching that movie and you come across like the fourth plot hole and you're just like, all right, what the hell is this? (laughs) Right? Like that's when the immersion is totally broken. And so it's when the little tiny odd things that add up that sort of break that immersion. So how can we do that? We talk about creating memorable experiences in marketing. So how can we translate that over to creating memorable experiences in sales, right? And I have some sort of a, like a process or maybe like a framework or something. And there's a bunch of ideas here that I feel people can experiment with and then see how it goes. And then this could be the beginning of creating memorable experiences in sales. So the first thing is I would say only reach out to people who have explicitly shown interest in buying, right? And don't try to convince buyers who aren't ready to buy to buy. Like you, you guys talk about a refine lapse. When you're doing that, your marketing hasn't worked yet. And so 
Now it's up to your sales reps to do all the marketing and educating on those sales calls. And that's something that strongly contributes to sales cycles being unnecessarily long. So one, I would say only reach out to buyers who have requested to speak to sales, requested a demo, et cetera. We can do cold email and look, particularly for B2B SaaS, cold outbound works. It's not as effective in terms of effort and payoff, but hey, SaaS companies scale to millions through cold outbound and maybe like one other thing, if that. So I don't want to take it out of the picture completely, but what I do want to do is apply the same mindset that goes into marketing about applying creative concepts to your content here as well. So we're going to continue cold emailing, but we're going to do it to super well-researched accounts with a creative approach. Now, this creative approach, it could be anything, but let's say you're a social media manager and I'm creating a new social listening tool and it's caught up with the times and incorporates all the stuff, right? I research you. I know where you work at. I know what you do. I know the things you talk about. So I have a very, very great idea that if you were to somehow come across this tool and just give it your time of day and see for five minutes what it does, I'm pretty sure that you would be interested in this tool. And so one, I'm going after a well-researched account like that. Two, now I need to understand that your email inbox is probably flooded, right? So it's like, again, we stick to the, how do we catch their attention? And from here, what we focus on is subject lines and hooks. And as far as we go is, oh, you know, the little text that shows in the preview. Yeah, you got to make that good as well, right? So I say, come from an entirely different approach. And the way that I kind of think of it is, if you were able to figure out a really, really dope, different variations and sequences of poems. And if I was to email you and it just goes, Todd, comma, I wrote a poem for you or some shit. And then if we go into the email and it's actually like talking about, hey, you do this and I research this. And I think, you know, if you check this out, would you be opposed to a meeting or something? But writing it as like a poem or something, right? So if we find approaches like that to where even if it is an intrusion in your day, and even if it is uh, another cold email in your inbox, if you happen to click it, if you happen to open it up, it's something that's going to make you at least smile or be like, what the hell is this, right? It's amusing at the least, right? So I feel different approaches like that if you're doing cold outbound, if you're doing um, cold direct mail, I would say to find approaches like that. I was going to say, I have, I have responded to one cold email in the past probably year and a half. And the reason I responded to it is because the guy took a very similar approach to what you're talking about right now. And it wasn't, it wasn't, um, you know, I'm going to, he didn't write a poem or anything like that, but you know, he, he did his research and he approached it in a super creative way. So like, just to give you a little bit of background, uh, this was during like the, the Stanley cup finals. So he Mm -hmm. did a little bit of research. He realized I live in Tampa. Tampa was in the Stanley cup finals and he, he, sent me this this email that was 
the it was basically like, hey, see you're in Tampa. You wanna you wanna make a bet or something like that. And it was essentially like like he was challenging me to a bet where like, and I don't I don't remember the exact thing that he offered me, but it was like, you know, if Tampa wins, you get this. And I want to say it was it was something like I don't know, Tampa swag or something. He didn't know that I wasn't a lightning fan. Mm-hmm. If you, if you lose, you know, you take a demo. And so I, I responded to him and I said, listen, you know, I come from Pittsburgh, so I'm not a lightning fan. However, your email caught my attention and I'm, I'm trying to create a video where I actually need company swag. So I'll tell you what, if Tampa wins, send me a t-shirt of your company so I can use that in my video Nice. If, if, you know, Colorado wins, you know, I'll take the demo. Uh, and and I, I ended up taking the demo because, because Tampa lost, but I mean, again, like maybe not as creative as, you know, a poem or a rap or something like that. But at the same time, like, you know, 99% of the emails that I see are like, Hey, I took a look at your website and I think we could help you do X, Y, Z. Yeah. And they go automatically and, into the into the trash. Yeah. And so exactly. Right. Like that's exactly what I mean. So it, it doesn't have to be a poem, but just a different kind of approach. Right. Even if you are doing cold email, if it's to a very well-researched account and it's a different approach, then I would say that that's OK because it doesn't ruin the immersion. Right. It's not like, oh, man, this company keeps spamming me. Now, because we're trying to take this creative approach to cold email outbound and stuff, I would say put your SDRs under marketing, right? Put them under marketing so they can see how marketing works and they can incorporate that in their outbound email. So they have help from someone like copywriters, from people like designers, from people like a director of content marketing or someone like that. So now moving on from that, the third thing that I would do is I would build out multiple pages for the different use cases that your product or your service offers, right? And we can do that with tools like Webflow or or Mutiny. So what I'm talking about is you have a tool and different types of people can use it in different types of ways. Let's say you have a project management tool, right? Something we're all familiar with. If I'm a marketer, on the social media team, I'm going to use this product differently than a videographer on the production team, right? And if you have lots of use cases, then hey, a teacher at a school is going to use this project management tool very differently, right? So what I would do is I would use a low effort, no code platform like Webflow or Mutiny to build out pages for these different use cases start from your major ones, right? And work your way down. What this is doing is it's adding to the self-serve preference of buyers today. Again, we're going based off the assumption that you're already doing all the demand gen stuff. You probably should already have very transparent and thorough pricing, right? On your pricing page. It shouldn't be something you just created just to rank in search engines, right? Because that's why people do that. They have a pricing page, but no pricing because it's just like one, get people there. They want you to call them up and ask about pricing. And then two, they want to rank in search engines. So aside from adding to the self-serve 
preference. And aside from getting more information out there before they do something like request a demo, so that way when they do request a demo, it's less preliminary information that you have to cover, you're also helping them disqualify themselves, right? And that's yep. one of the best things that you can do, right? If you give them all this information and they disqualify themselves and they remove themselves from the picture, people that know they aren't, can't afford you, don't need you, you're not going to be a good fit for them. You don't want to try to convince them. You don't want to get reps on the phone with them trying to convince them, right? And that's what we're currently doing. So Adding more information out there not only adds to the self-serve process, but it helps buyers disqualify themselves before they reach out. And so it prevents people from, you know, rushing into a demo or being forced into a demo, depending on whether they're an actual prospect getting more information or they're a buyer that's not actually going to work out in the, you know, when it comes down to it. So the other thing about that is the reason that I feel that we do this, right? The whole request the demo and then it gets routed to a BDR and then they qualify you and then it goes to an AE and all this stuff, right? The reason I feel we do all this is because it's not about the buyer. It's not about you. It's about that BDR hitting their quota of qualified meetings per month and that AE hitting their quota of fucking meetings one, closed one for the month, right? And so I get that. I respect that. But the inner workings of a company shouldn't leak to the surface and affect the immersion of a potential buyer. It's um you don't want to see that. Right? You don't want to see yeah. Your troubles incent- behind. Go ahead. No, what were you going to say? I-, I was going to say you're you're incentivizing the wrong actions. Like it comes back to this cold outreach type stuff where your SDRs are trying to book as many meetings as possible and and like sure, they'll get you on the call even though you could tell them like and I've done this many times. It's like, listen, I don't even have the the authority to make a buying decision on this. I don't have budget, yeah. like all these things. And it's like the attitude in a lot of cases is like, oh, that's okay. Like, let's book a meeting and maybe, yeah. you know, we can we can we tell can you about it and then follow up and convince you over fucking the next six months to buy the shit that you don't want and need and have zero interest in. But but not even not even that. What's interesting is the incentive behind it because hmm. the the incentive for the person cold calling is i have to hit my quota of right yeah of you know demos sat this month yeah and then i mean the the ae obviously has to you know they're they have a, a quota of you know closed one deals but you know again it's like incentivizing the wrong behavior totally yeah totally and um The other thing is, once you make that transition, putting this information out there, people are disqualifying themselves, the demos that are coming in, they're more likely to convert because they've been given a ton of information. So now when they're getting on calls, they're not getting on calls to qualify themselves, or you qualify them, they're getting on calls because they already know what you do and how you help. Now they just need context. Yes, I see you have a reporting tool, but my specific problem is this. How are we going to set up this reporting feature to solve this problem? Those are the conversations that you can now begin to have rather than having sales trying to do all the marketing and educating on that call. So they're way more aware, way more educated. Now, the other thing that adds on to it, again, if you're doing the marketing side, right, they're way more hyped 
and they're way more energetic and ecstatic and happy to talk to you. Now, both of these things are working together. So there's that. Build out multiple pages for different use cases. Have your demo on there. Five, six minute video walkthrough of how it works, how the tool works for that specific person in that specific function right? Have this on all these different pages, make the copy tailored to that person, speak to their pain points, show them the features will be the same, but now you're spinning it in the context of it being relevant for that specific person in that specific function. So you have your, you're reaching out to people with buying intent. You have your SDRs doing very creative and very targeted cold outreach and You've also built multiple new pages on your site in lieu of throwing people to a demo too soon, and you're giving them more information to help them continue the self-serve process. So now what I want you guys to do or consider is use ServiceBell, servicebell.com to provide an interactive experience. Now what ServiceBell does, it's kind of weird for me to explain because I've just come across it one time. But what it does is it adds a live video camera feed to the bottom right of your website. And you can choose which pages to put this on. And I would suggest putting it on like your request a demo page, your contact sales page, your agency, like your request a proposal, request a marketing plan page. Now, what it does is when someone goes to that page and if you or a account executive or an account manager or, a, or a, you know, a director of marketing or maybe even the founder or a CEO or a CMO. And so when someone pops up on that page, you now have the option to like turn on your video camera. And what they'll see is like you like waving at the bottom right of your screen, right? And you waving, you like pointing down to hit unmute right? And if you hit unmute, if you choose to like accept this call that's coming in right there, you can talk to your visitor. And not just that, but like you can take over their screen if they authorize it and you can click around on their screen and take, the, take them around your site. And um, you can also watch them browse in real time, right? So if you actually use this and I'm an interested buyer on your requested demo page. And then all of a sudden I see the CMO's face pop up at the bottom and he's, and I'm just like, wait, what the hell? And I click and I'm like, hello. And they're like, Hey, what's up? And I'm like, <laughs> wait, are you there right now? Like, are you real? And like, yeah, yeah. What's up? What you doing? What you're looking for? Like, holy shit. Right. Like that adds to that experience. Now, Service Bell, it also lets you immediately book a call through Calendly. So once you're done with that call, you can hit book a call and then boom, right there in that little window, will open up a Calendly calendar and you can book a time, da, 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 da. And so the more available times you have closer to that moment in time, the better, right? Because right now they're fully at the top of their like interest, Right, they came to you interested. Da 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 da. Your your marketing's taking effect. They're on the sales page. They just talked to your CMO, your marketing director, and AE. So now they're even more ecstatic. If they can book a call right then and there, and it's closer to this moment in time, the better. Right. So the more available timings you have, the better. If you're not doing something like that, then I would recommend at least using something like Chili Piper. Right. So you can immediately connect them on a demo. But I would highly, highly recommend checking out ServiceBell.com.
Um, I think I have Has, I, hashtag I, not sponsored. <laughs> yeah, I was just about to say that. Like, I they have no idea who I am. I've come across only one website using their tool, and I checked out their website. I thought it was the coolest shit. Um, hopefully, after this, I'll tag them, and they will sponsor me. Hey, what's up? But um. <laughs> I, I love it, right? So I think it's a great thing to add into the experience. Now, after that, so once all of this is done, right? Because this is all pre-sales cycle, right? This is all before everything we've said now is before, you know, that request has actually come in, right? Like they've actually filled out the form. They've spoken to sales, right? So where do we go from there, right? So we've taken care of the marketing part. We've taken care of the build up to all the way up to the sales call. And now let's jump on what happens during and after the sales call. Now, during the sales call, that's on y'all, right? You guys are the brilliant salespeople and hopefully marketers like Todd and I bringing prospects to you that are this well-informed and this well ready to go and excited, da, 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 da. All you now have to do hopefully is talk to them about a custom solution, right? They know what your tool does or what your product or your service does. Now, what you can speak to them is about context, right? How does all of this specifically help them solve their problem? You guys can jump straight into the real shit, the good shit, right? After that, what I would say is to use Loxo, loxoapp.com. Now, what this tool does, it, it helps you, it, it allows you to create mini sites. So think of like Notion mixed with Canva right? It's like a, it's like a no code tool that allows you to create mini sites. What you'll see is a vertically scrolling web page that holds all the information that you discussed on the phone call. So this could be a, a recap of the call, a proposal, all the assets, the call recording, legal documents, IT documents, literally everything on one URL. You have your logo on there. You have their logo on there. You have a picture of the person they spoke to on there. You have all this information in one place. Now, what this does is now, instead of the person that spoke to you having to pass information to the CFO and the CTO and the CEO and this manager and that manager, and it all being email threads, um, Google Docs, Slack messages, email attachments, right? All the shit that now you have to sort out and pinpoint there and give this to that person. All you got to do is send them this little website. And this little website has every single thing on there. And the cool shit about this that I forgot to mention is so in your dashboard, you can create all these different mini sites for different clients. This is actually made for account executives. Like it's built for the sales team, right? So I would say to use Loxo, uh, loxoapp.com, L-O-X-O-A-P-P.com. And again, no kind of incentive hashtag for me to not say sponsored. that. Hashtag not sponsored, fam. <laughs> so um, yeah, it's just another tool that I think is freaking brilliant. And I think now with all of these things combined, one, buying intent, two, cold outreach, but creative and highly targeted. Three, building out multiple pages for your use cases through tools like Webflow and Mutiny. Um using a service like service bell to add a interactive experience on your site onto certain pages and then five using loxo to create mini sites or your 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 account executives creating mini sites to enable your prospects to relay a world of information to their internal stakeholder right 
because it's that it's that back and forth that unnecessarily lengthens sales cycles. So by doing something like creating a mini site, what you're effectively doing is you're decluttering the post call sales process to speed up the sales cycle. Right. Yeah. And there's obviously different use cases that you can use afterwards. You can use this for customer onboarding, right? You can use it for uh, ongoing customer experience, right? So that also adds to the post sales cycle, right? So when I feel you have those things working together in tandem, your uh, demand creation engine that's focused on content based on creative concepts and marketing that's focused on creating memorable experiences. You have your sales engine that's now also focused on creating a memorable experience to continue that vibe, to continue that process. And then you also have, well, you didn't get to it, you know, but you also now carry this mindset over to the onboarding and customer experience. So these four things, I think this is something like this is where we need to, we need to now define this model. This is what we now need to do. Right. So the current way of doing it, where we're using a 1980 sales model to power a 2022 marketing engine, it's there's too way too much disconnect and it's not sales's fault. It's not marketing's fault. It's up to the, the executives, the leaders to be willing to start this transition. All right, bye. Thanks for listening. Good stuff, man. See ya. <laughs> All right. Gotta go. Hope you enjoyed uh, that.